Hello, this is Fam Electric Ghost, and we are live on our Facebook channel, Fam Electric Ghost, right now. We're talking to Adla Kabaria, who is a electronic producer and flautist, and uh, she's come up with a, a variation on techno. They call Techno Deuce, which is um, um, soft techno, and we're glad yeah. to have you on the show. Go ahead. <laughs> How are you doing today? Great. And you? I'm happy to see you. <laughs> yeah, it's good that, that we are able to finally connect through all the technical issues because of COVID. You never know what's going on. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but I, I sent your um your questions ahead of time. But what I might want to do is actually introduce people to your music by playing your video from okay. YouTube um, okay. for Swim. So I'm going to put that on. I'm going to mute you for a second. We're going to play the whole thing. And then we'll talk about that and, and go into the questions. Okay. Could you fall, get the time only fall, free your mind, could you be totally with me, dear? Do you feel your heart beating in your chest all out yourself, now with me to escape? Sweet. 
Uh, now I'm back. You can hear me? Yes. Yeah, so I think that video uh, really shows off what um, your your style of music is. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's good to show people visually and uh, the sound before you get into the discussion, which is one of the benefits of doing this on video. Yes. Um, so the first question we have for you is like, when did you first get into music and at what age? And we'll kind of back into your video, but we wanted to show people the context of what, what you're into. Um, I always wanted to make music when uh, I was a, a kid in school <laughs> and people asked me what I would like to do for a job later. I always said I'll be a singer. Um, I tried piano at four years old and I went to the conservatory to learn transfer flute and classic dance at six. And after that, I went to a school to learn to sing. And um, I start my first uh, song, I start writing my first song at 12 years old. And then I begin to composing with MAO about 15, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hope you understand me because my English is, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. French. <laughs> no, I, I've talked to a lot of European artists and, you know, from Netherlands, uh, um, Denmark, uh, Germany. So I'm, I'm getting used to. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it sounds like that that's an interesting background um, to get into. But I'm just wondering, like, when you, um, decided that you wanted to like have your own voice and, and do your own music? Um, I decided really early because um, I first, my I writing my first song at 12 and uh, composing at 15. So, but uh, I really uh, begin my own project when I was 20, I think. I wanted to make an album and everything, but since I'm a baby, I think I, wa I want to be uh, an artist, so. How, I, how did you pick the flute? I actually started on a clarinet. I actually started on- Oh, okay, cool. Uh, me, uh, hard to write like full songs without okay. learning like the keyboard. So I ended up switching into, into synthesizers, but yeah, I'm actually thinking of bringing back like a wind, a MIDI wind controller into what I'm doing, like one of the Roland wind controllers or the Yamaha, just oh. to try to bring that back into my music. Cool. But yeah, yeah, how did you get into become a flautist? Did that, was that a conscious choice you wanted to do the flute? Uh, actually, I was when I, I began the flute at six, but um, when I was a teenager, I thought that the flute isn't cool, you know? So yeah. I stopped, I stopped it. <laughs> And uh, when I um, I begin to I, I am a, I'm a jazz singer next this, and uh, I bring uh, one day I say this is a pity to don't use it uh, in jazz. So I begin to try to play in jazz. And after that, when I did my 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 project as Cabaria uh, with electro, I say this is uh, original to mix. A flute and uh, electro music. Yeah, it's kind of like what Ian Anderson did with um, Jethro Tull, because like if you go back, like in rock music, the flute wasn't really being used. It was used in jazz, but but like, in jazz, yes. Really, yeah, but just like like so, when Ian Anderson brought that to Jethro Tull, he kind of created this progressive rock uh, capability of bringing you know classical concepts into yes. progressive rock. So I think you're bringing that to to like techno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, they equate this to like something some of the people in my audience might be into. Can they? I've been a big fan of progressive rock bands like Death Hotel, bands like Yes and Genesis, and I think a lot of those bands brought classical into rock. You know, and so you're bringing that capability as a flautist into into techno and electronic music, which is really cool. Thank you. <laughs> Now, now, going back to the video, did you work with like a video director and animator to do that work? Is that your own work or you work with like a video animator and a producer? Uh, for my clip? The, yeah, the clip. Ah, the clip. Uh, I, me, I did the music, but the artist who did the clip, uh, she's a drawer. Drawer. I don't know if it's the word. Animator, yeah. <laughs> 
and uh, she uh, her name is um, Camille Lalou and uh, we we met uh, each other the there is two years ago and uh, we have a real um, I don't know how to say in English in French we say coup de foudre it's like we we fell in love to each other art you know she loved my music and I loved her oh her. so you let her how did you how did you um come to like give her your music was she interested in your music or you guys were talking and you told her you're a musician and then she like wanted to listen to what you were working on uh you mean uh yeah. Yeah. If did i did the music before yeah. sorry How, had she heard you before had she yeah oh, yeah a friend of mine uh met her and um and she uh gave her the sound to listen and uh, she felt in love with my music and she proposed uh, me to to do this wonderful clip and um yeah it was you think you'll continue to work with her like if you have other songs do you think she would yeah maybe yeah yeah mm -hmm. i think that's yeah. really cool because i i like bands like the gorillas if you think about like the gorillas and damon alburn the gorillas as an electronic band they had um uh, artists behind uh, um tank girl which was a comic book actually create the band is is like car cartoon characters and so okay. yeah so i don't know if you ever heard it. it's like an english band called uh, the gorillas they've been around for like 10 over 10 years but they're 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 like a fantasy band like all the members of the band are cartoons mm -hmm. like when you see them play live they even have sometimes like virtual and um like holographic images of their characters of the band or like cartoon characters yeah and so like when i saw your art i thought that was really interesting because um you know damon alburn and the gorillas they use a lot of like animation in their in their work and it's cool to see that you saw that with also with a band like radiohead radiohead is famous for their cartoon videos that they did back 10 years ago for um for some of their early albums but um I think it's a good way to do th something. It, it, it allows you to do art with another artist. You know, exactly. You'll be able to. It was my wish, and yeah, I want yeah. to be a woman because I like. I love to to show that woman can be so wonderful too. <laughs> yeah, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful video, and it kind of thank you. Gives you gives you a different like. If you I listen to the song without the video. Yeah. Uh, and then I listen to it with the video, and it's like it's cool to have like an artist. Uh, you know how they they feel about something, and a lot of times, a long time ago on MTV, you'd have directors take a song and they'd let them just do something. Maybe not doesn't even follow the lyrics, but it but it had the feeling like like so an artist will imp have an impression of what your work is, and you kind of let them go with it. And it, it, I think it's really cool. Can I get the feel of of that kind of freedom of swimming in the ocean and and just kind of mermaid symbols and Great. Yeah, it's just, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful uh, expression. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, so like, um, I guess the other question we always get into when we're talking to artists is, um, is the idea of, um, you know, your references and your your influences. Like, I heard some people, but I'd like to ask you, like, in terms of um, your musical influences, who were you inspired by? to like get into music and who who do you um like look to or maybe you use as a inspiration not like you're copying but the feel of like the artist that 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 made you want to become a musician you like who who are your your influences or reference points uh i have a lot of inferences so this is a big question for me you're already yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool that's okay because um when uh, when i was uh, I, i'm born into a family where all style of music played uh when i, I was kid i listened to maria maria carey whitney houston and then fuji's Neal, aretha franklin but also oriental music salsa like tito pente a jazz uh, like um, Billie Holiday, I love her so much, and rock and roll, Pink Floyd, you know. So I, 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 I'm grow, growing, growing in this um, atmosphere. And um, my first great love was hip hop. 
I'm a huge fan of Mob Deep and uh, Dr. Dre, for example. Uh, I didn't understand the, the lyrics, but I love their flow and I love so much their music. Yeah. Their music. And uh, at the same time, I had a blast on Prodigy. You know, Prodigy is back, my bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. 66. Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor sound. Yeah, so good. And 66, like, Alarma, Eritmo Fatal. So this was my, my teenage. Uh, Age. <laughs> and one day I went to uh, my first uh, electro festival, uh, Astropolis in France. And uh, there was Green Velvet played, is an amazing set. And when I went back to my home, I was so exhausted. And uh, I stopped the TV, and there was the Paul Kavbrenner movie, Berlin Calling. And um, I totally felt in love with this unbelievable album. And it was a revelation for me, like the sky told me, hey, Electro, this is your way, you know? Yeah. And uh, here born my biggest love, the Electro music. And since, since this, I discover a lot of artists and listened, listen a lot of um, Dominique Alberg, Stéphane Bodzin, uh, Recondite, Monkey Safari, Joachim Pastor. So I think my influences come from all those artists who was with me in all my life, and uh, maybe uh, a piece of uh, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> no, I think it's great because um, one of the things I've, I like about electronic music, I got into it, but I started in rock. Like I started with like punk rock, but I'm in my 50s, right? So I, I, I grew up as a kid listening to like The Clash, and um, like Joy Division, New Order, Duran Duran. And then I said, hey, I mean, my, all my like, uh, you know, classmates was like, well, let's go make a, like a punk band. But then I, I was like, I couldn't play guitar. So I got into keyboards. And then I discovered bands like Duran Duran and New Order. And I was like, oh yeah, you can have like a punk aesthetic, but be into electronic music. And you can yeah. take these keyboards and you can, you can craft all this stuff. And then I found out that like, if you're into electronic music back then, like the new wave is like, if you had like a role in like a Jupiter or something, you could, you could do anything. You could go you can do you ska, you could do jazz, you could do, and then, exactly. I, then I felt like, wow, then I can not just be a punk band. We can kind of go into like, be like, yes, be like Genesis, be like Pink Floyd. And it opened up this whole thing where then you can go to hip hop and go to funk, you can go to classical. And I think it was the great thing about electronic music is like you could be in you know, EDM, you could be Psytrance, you could be. Yeah, uh, it's so vast, yeah. it's so big. Yeah, yeah, you can mix things. Like what you're doing is bringing a, like a classical instrument, like a flute. And, you know, I like to bring like, sometimes I like to bring like a taiko, like a Japanese taiko. Mm -hmm. in, or do like field recordings or, or, or bring like a real, like a banjo and then sample it you know, or in, in a do granular synthesis or something. But there's so many things you can do because it's so wide open. And, yeah. And so I was wondering- This like, is magic. Your gear behind you, I see you got a bunch of, a bunch of synths and like a bunch of things. <laughs> so, so what's your preferred method? Like, do you like to, I know you probably got your DAW, you've got your synthesizer, like, is that a chord? Is that a chord behind you? You see? Yeah, I see it. My flute, my baby. Yeah, I see your flute. Yeah, that's awesome. Her name is Tony. Oh, you named her? Yeah, that's because awesome. when I had her the first time, I uh, crushed her on the floor and uh, she had a scar face. Oh, so, yeah. a scar, you know? Yeah. So, I call her Tony like Tony Montana because she oh, has a scar. Tony Montana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, like, so everybody's in their home studio today, and that kind of brings me to the question of, like, when you record, like, what type of a uh, DAW or digital audio workstation do you use? You like what I use? What the material I use? This is your question. This is your question. Yeah, like, like yeah, like you use like Logic or or. Uh, I use Ableton Live. Ableton Live, yeah. Yeah, my software. Do you find that that's easier for you to use? I know a lot of people came from Logic and then they say they like Ableton because it gives them more control. I don't know because I never used uh, Logic 
and uh, I use Ableton Live since my uh, 20 years old, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, this is the ones that I know. So this is difficult for me to try another one, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of mic do you use to mic your flute? My mic is, um, is not here. this is a Beta Sure, Sure, yep. Beta 57A. Mm -hmm. You find that works good for the flute? Yeah, because this is a, a sound really uh, natural, you know? I like it. You get a clean sound out of it. You can get what you, it doesn't change what you want it to be. I think that's a big thing. Like when you're trying to mic acoustic instruments, you want the mic that's going to give you like the, 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 I don't know, it's like the whole, the whole ambiance of what that instrument is, you know? And so like a lot of times you have to like work at it. it yeah. And, you know, I know drummers are famous for like playing with tons of mics on their, on their kick drums and on their snares to get the right feel. And I, I yeah. think like I heard violinists and wind instruments are the same thing. You've got to get like the right mic kind of get the feel of what you want to do yeah me i love that the, that the sound is really close to the sound that if you hear it without microphone yeah on my flute yeah do you, do you ever like to play with effect pedals effects on your flute uh uh i just bought one uh a midi pedal so i never tried it before so next time when i will be on stage i will uh, try it oh. i can't wait but uh, yeah i would like to do some um delay effects you know and reverb to yeah this is funny but for now um i'm turn uh my machine with my hands but when i'm playing this is difficult so <laughs> can't wait to use it I think it's interesting because I started getting like I, I play synthesizers like Moogs and Rollins, and a lot of times what we'll do with our analog senses we'll get you know like distortion pedals, or we'll yeah, laser pedals, oh, cool. and mm. then, uh, you use like spring reverbs and digital reverbs, to get yeah, analog reverbs that have a totally different feel. Like if you get a digital, you can have really precise control. But what I like is I'm kind of an old school guy. I go like Hammond B3 organs, Moogs. You know analog because it's kind of like the same thing it's like it reminds me when i'm playing a clarinet or playing like a like a fender stratocaster or something it's something about an analog instrument that feels closer to my clarinet it feels closer yeah. it feels more like an organic instrument even though it's a yeah exactly instrument. exactly organic sound yeah that's kind of do you feel like you like or like, like the analog sounds uh, in electronic music more than digital or do you use kind of whatever serves the song Sorry, I didn't understand. So I guess that, like, there are some folks in electronic music that spend a lot of time focusing just on analog sound rather than digital. Analog or 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 machine? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's some folks that like the feel of like the 1970s and 60s, the way the 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 synths back then are all analog. They're not digital, right? So they have a different feel than what the yeah. digital synths sound like. And some people. When they play with like like flutes or or or, or guitars or basses, they prefer uh, the to have the more the older type of electronic music uh, instruments. So I was mm -hmm. wondering if you have a preference with more modern digital kind of DAW based instruments or for synthesizer parts, or do you like the, like maybe organic like analog? Uh, no, for 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 the electronic parts, I only use uh, MIDI and virtual instrument. This is your question, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, but I love to, you know, I I work with a native uh, instrument, complete complete nine, and there is a lot of organic instrument. For example, I love the sound of double bass. Oh. Okay. You know. Yeah, so I would, this is this this is not a real uh, double bass. This is uh, a virtual, but this is close to the real sound. And sometimes I like to to use it or violin or this. I love to have a organic sound. But unfortunately, I don't know a violin orchestra, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I have to play. My orchestra is in my keyboard, you know. <laughs> But I try to to make it sound um, organic, natural. Yeah. But for the bass, I love uh, too uh, the you know sub bass, big sub bass. Yeah. 
and uh, Kick Electro Kick Big Big Two. Yeah, I love to mix natural and uh, unnatural <laughs> sound. Well, there's a lot of you know virtual analog. There's a lot of sampled sounds that can get close to the the, the real thing, and that's one of the cool. Yeah. Things. I think that the technology has provided musicians with like you know on their PC you can get access to so many sounds. Yeah. And sometimes and it's overwhelming. Some people find it like sometimes they like to step back and 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 get like like play something on an organ because it's limited. Like sometimes in music, do you find like if you have limitations because an instrument doesn't have a thousand sounds, it it has the character it has, right? Like if you're playing like an organic instrument, that's what it is. Yeah. Electronic instruments, you can make them. They have so many choices that sometimes you can get caught up in in, in the rabbit hole of there's too many choices and you can't figure out which one yeah. you want to use. Yeah. This is so cool. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's one of the things I've I've kind of stepped back and started using like synths that have limitations because they're 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 like you they don't have patches they don't have presets I have to like program them every day they change like if I have a mode it doesn't have a pet it has no mm -hmm. set sound so mm -hmm. every day you have to force yourself well not to force but it's kind of a it's a it's a, a joy to actually build the sound as part of the process as part of like you're not just using like a set sound you actually build the sound or the or the or the pad to that gives you that feel for the song. It's a different yeah. way of doing it, but um, this is great. <laughs> so, do you work with producers, or do you mostly do everything yourself, or do you go to a studio after you do a demo and work with a producer to finish the song? Uh, to, for my own music, yeah. I, I I do everything alone. Uh, I go in studio. Uh, uh, I used to go in studio before to record my voice, but now I record at home because uh, I'm relaxed. I have the material, so I do all by my myself. Doing yourself. <laughs> yeah. When I own up, I work with uh, other projects, so I go in studio. So I continue to go to the studio, but with my own project, as as Cabaria, I do. Uh, all by my, by me, <laughs> by my. So, so you do you work on other people's projects? Do you work on music in general with other producers, like doing doing your flute work or electronic work on with other people? You actually. Uh, it will uh, it will arrive for the moment. Uh, I have uh, several propositions from um, uh, different artists, uh, DJ, uh, rapper, rapper. Oh, cool. uh, um, and acoustic, uh, acoustic uh, instrumental instruments, mm -hmm. but for now I finish my EP because I'm I'm on the on my oh, EP. Your own project. Yeah, so I want to finalize my EP. I'm on the mixing, so this is the this part. is the end. Yeah, and after I sent it to my friend who will do the mastering, and it will be okay. And after that. I will begin uh, all that project, but I won't tell you more because I want to keep the surprise. What, what, what is the target date for your EP? Sorry? What is the date for the release of your EP? Oh, I don't know. Because uh, always I said a, a, a date, it's never ready. I'm a, I'm a crazy of a day. You think sometime 2021? Like yeah. Yeah, it will be arriving in these few months. One month, two months, maybe. Okay, before the summer, maybe by spring. Before the summer, sure. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I can't well, wait. So after that, I will do all this co collaboration, and I'm really happy. Right, yeah. Cool. I mean, I think as a musician, it's good to have a, a pipeline of work to do with a lot of other people. It's good to collab. It's part of me. I'm a musician myself. I do this podcast because it gives me a way to connect with other musicians. Yeah. And then that gives me ideas because every week I'm listening, like, a, you know, a radio DJ to all these people. And it, when you're a musician, I think when you're able to listen and talk to other musicians, it yeah. helps you. I mean, because it builds up. Because like you, every week I'm talking to a different person in a different genre. And then I, 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 I go listen to your work and then that kind of inspires me in my own work. And yeah. 
So sure. I think it's a, it's a great thing to, to collab, to produce, to guest on people, you know, to be, have be featured with other people and then to work on your own project. Cause then that's kind of, I like, like the fact that I talk to a lot of independent musicians like yourself who yeah. are more and more taking control, like a do it yourself. You guys, yeah. a lot of these, especially women, I mean, most of the people I interview in music have been women in the last two years, because I find that in this new era, um, women are actually doing things that are more interesting than some of the men. <laughs> most of the women I interview are doing very interesting genre changing work where some of the, the, the traditional, you know, men in music have been stuck in like old genres that I'm kind of not like rock is not as big anymore. You know, the rock genre, what seems to be more innovative is like hip hop, electronic, you know, DJs, uh, th those type of genres. And in those genres, there's a lot of women who are taking yeah. the reins as producers, as yeah. like, you know, ba full bands, you know, mm. full concepts. And, you know, and I just think it's, um, it's good to give everybody a chance because the, the, the old radio networks are kind of stuck on not moving into a new era. And that's what I try to do with this show is like give people a, uh, a chance to be out there um, and, and get heard for a pretty good length of time. So I'm glad that you came on the show. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so you you are working on your album it's probably by springtime you have a name for it or you you're still kind of working on it yeah i have a name for it. is the name is la vie en rêve that's mean a uh, life in dream oh awesome is, is um is the swim song going to be on the album yeah cool. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. So swim was the single for uh give the the stop to this uh, ep okay. to <laughs> so, is, um, do you, so you, we were talking about the video. Are you planning to do a video for like every song on the record, or you'll kind of wait and see? I hope, but um, to to do a video with all the sound is um, many money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh, for swim, I, I am lucky. I am lucky because I did a crowdfunding. Crowdfunding. You know? Okay. Cool. Yeah. So people help me to, to. So do you have a Patreon or do you have a crowdfunding site? Do you have like what? I had a crowdfunding for Swim, okay. and uh, so I had the the budget. I have the money for for do this uh, this wonderful clip, and make the promotion. You know because yeah. there is all around. That's a, great, that's a great video. I mean, that's going to be like a real center point of the record already. I'm looking forward to, to what. The, what you're gonna do with the rest of it. Cause a lot, I hear a lot of like Tori Amos, you know, Kate Bush and your yeah. sound, you've got that kind of progressive uh, synthesis that I like kind of, it's like, it, it's like, it's like, you don't hear it as much today. Uh, some of the music is, is a different direction, more beat focused. And you've kind of got a merging of that kind of beat focus, but because I think you, you're a little softer, I, I like it when things are a little softer and it's spaced out. Like I like hearing like the silence between the notes. And so you have things that are like, and it's a different setting. And if you're in a club, you want something because you're going to dance. But if you want like a song you're going to listen to, you're going exactly. to bring in like songwriter techniques from the 70s and the 60s and the 80s, which means it's actually going to be a song, not just a beat. And there's a difference in the types of you know genres in electronic music. There's a lot of stuff that's like beat oriented, but it's not song oriented. And you know, you've got lyrics, you've got imagery that that really kind of fits the singer songwriter type of genre, which it seems like is that what you're you're going for, or do you have more beat focused type of songs too? Thank you. <laughs> do you have like beat type of songs that are more dance songs, or is your most of your stuff like in the soft techno format where it's more Song. Do I have a temper song? What is this? Sorry. I'm saying like uh, more like like uh, like disc like dance techno, but you're soft techno, and you yeah. seem like the songs are more song. The song swim is is, yeah. is is like a full singer songwriter type of song. I'm asking, do you have songs that are going to be on your record that are similar to swim, or are they all like different? This is um well, you will hear it, huh? but. 
uh, I have uh, pieces or tracks. Sorry, I have tracks uh, which is um, more dense club, you know. Okay, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. And some uh, more uh, smooth too. Like ballads, maybe more ballad type. Yeah, not ballad, but um, it's always electro. But I have one with um, a little smoother. But um, uh, this is a, an EP with a lot of influences and a lot of touch of um, different music, you know? Okay, so and, it's kind of varied. So it's not going to all sound like one, the same, like every song is not going to sound the same. It's going to feel like an album. Yeah, it, it, it will have many, many, how can I say it? Okay, cool. uh, many ambient, you know? Okay. Yeah, so I get that. I, that's one thing I like about like um, albums or EPs is that the artist is able to kind of stretch out. Like if you just release a singles, it's like okay, well that's what it is. But then when you're on an album, you can have different styles of music on the same album. You can yeah. have, you have something that's fast, something that's slow, something that's more heavy, and then it kind of gives you like a whole picture of the artist. Like, you know, cause I like, that's one thing I like about vinyl. Yeah, me too. The only, the only way, the same way is to, I want make uh, people dream, you know? Yeah. Dream and relax and dance. And this is the way of the EP, but with many tricks, <laughs> different. If you're going to do a physical release, would you have it on CD or tape or vinyl or would it all be digital? I would like to do vinyl. I know. I think vinyl, well, I've been talking to a lot of artists. What I like about vinyl yeah. is it makes you listen to the whole project. Yes, because the CD, nobody listens CD now, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the vinyl, what I find is like your fans, um, I think fans like to be able to get close to an artist. And if they have a physical. Yeah. Copy, and vinyl mm -hmm. is just so more intimate with your fan because it gives you a bigger landscape to be an artist like like the way you did your video if you have a really good artist do the cover and then yeah. you have the liner notes and you actually have the lyrics written out yeah. and you have pictures and artwork then yeah. the, the, the 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 fan actually has something that feels more substantial and they're more likely to listen to more of your music because yeah. they're actually going to sit down and vinyl kind of you you sit down you listen to the whole thing so you exactly. don't skip around because it's hard to do. Yeah. Most people don't want to do that. If they're a vinyl collector, they actually listen to the whole project. Yeah. What, and you have, have to return the. Yeah, you have to flip it and you got to listen to it. And then it's just, it seems like it's a whole resurgence. I'm, I'm actually talking to a lot of folks that are buying really nice systems. Like a lot of systems, like in the 70s and the 80s, it was like the height of vinyl. And you have these really awesome hi-fi systems, and then now they're all coming back. And and the people who are into music, like it's like you can you can do very well with vinyl. Actually, as an artist, you can if you put your vinyl out yourself, you fund it yourself, you'll you'll actually do better financially than you do on the streaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I will do it in streaming too, but yeah, but if you get vinyl, I'll definitely I'll get I'll get your vinyl for sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm starting to collect. I was just got. A, I'm getting a hi-fi system, and I'm I'm looking to, to 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 put a lot of new records on my on my platter. <laughs> you be on the list. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely. When the album comes out, we'd like you to come back on and uh, and have a have a show where we kind of talk about the record. Great. Okay. Um, with pleasure. Yeah. That, that that's something. Now, are you? Um, able to do shows where you are or you have to still do everything virtually uh, outside you mean a real yeah, show? Can you do like the show outside shows or indoor shows or everything has to be like online i i can do show but the problem is in france with the covid in this moment there is no no concert there is no live there is you know everything is closed everything yeah it's like here we can't do it either um the only yeah. thing we have been able to do is maybe go to a stage where nobody is yeah <laughs> and then they'll film it and then you'll like charge a ticket price like five dollars a ticket 
and then you know maybe maybe a hundred people show up <laughs> every <laughs> and then you spam it like more than you needed to but um and then in in California they're doing taking doing drive-ins so they actually let people come in their car and the band goes on a stage by the drive-in screen I uh, yeah watch the the everybody listens to the band in their car so okay it's so worked in California because they kind of they have drive-ins they still have them but a lot of places in the U.S. the drive-ins are gone, so they're not there. Um, but okay. that's that if COVID keeps on going into 2022, people are promoters are talking about at least in the U.S. is is building drive-ins for concerts so that they can take advantage of of, of the authorities saying that people can be in their cars and go to the concert and have the band actually outside, which is kind of cool. This is at least they listen music and they can see a concert. <laughs> band and the band gets to be have an audience i mean they're all in their cars <laughs> but they, yeah they, they, they beat their horns <laughs> hand out the window anyway hey. but um yeah it's just it's interesting so are you going to do any kind of online um uh from your like studio or on, do a streaming service or yeah for, for the moment i do i do live from from here in my in my home studio yeah. and uh, i post uh, some uh, video on my social network on instagram most of all and um and uh, for example for the release of my clip uh i released it in uh, april 2020 and uh, we was in lockdown so i wanted to do uh, a release but on youtube so um, i did um, a showcase from here mm -hmm. and after that i released the clip and after that we was with uh, camilla lou the the um, woman who did my the my clip yeah. We were together on Instagram in live with people to talk about the clip and drink a glass oh, and yeah. everything. We had like a release party. A release party, but on the on internet. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what everybody has to do. I mean, I, I, I in my home studio, I do like Twitch performances all the time that I put yeah. on my Instagram. Uh, I've been doing it since 2016. I mean, I, normally I would go to New York City or Boston because I'm in the East Coast of the U.S. So I typically play like Boston or New York, but you can't do it. So you have to do home studio stuff. So I said, oh, I, I just set up a bunch of cameras in my home studio and I just, then I go back and I, I'll put effects on it. Like, so I'll do a live show and then I'll go back and then edit the video and throw effects into the video and then republish the video with the effects and republish the video with like remastered audio. So I had the live audio, but then I actually go back and I master the audio and then republish the video and then make it more professional. Yeah. So you can actually hear it better. And um, yeah, it seems to work. I mean, I've, I've, been, I've been able to, to, to extend my reach to fans like all over the place, not just like in the US, I can reach like the whole world. Is that what you like about the net? That the fact that people not just in Paris or, or France can listen to you, but you, you get fans like you. everywhere. Yeah, everywhere, and even if they are in home and they can't go, can't go out, I'm coming in their home. <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah. a great way to reach fans. You know, I think we, you know, because like in, the weird thing is like streaming services, people get on a playlist, right? They playlists have like 30, 40 other artists, and then they listen to your one song, and then they don't listen to you again. Yeah. Um, and the thing about like things like like YouTube and 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 and, um, and Twitch and Instagram is you can get more consistent work yeah. out to people and the, you can get them to watch you longer, you get them to listen to you for longer than two minutes, and then they then they actually start to get to know you as an artist. Yeah, Which, you know it's harder to do that in streaming because they don't do spotlights. Like they need to kind of do artist focus. So if you get an artist, you get to hear all their work, you know, not just a bunch yeah. of other people, which is cool. I understand that. But as an artist for development, you need people to be able to hear a lot of more course. of your work. <laughs> of course. We do that for Sherry. So if there is nobody. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to, with the way it's presented to the people today. Uh, it's harder to get their attention because there's so many people releasing things. 
Yeah. Do you find that that's difficult, like with streaming services, like, like your album is is it gonna be like on Spotify and uh, yeah. iTunes and Am it's gonna be on all those platforms? Yeah, I will put it on Spotify and Swim is on Spotify too. Oh, it just it's on there now. Yeah, deserve Spotify and everything. Um, you asked me what I think about streaming, right? Yeah, compared to like, uh, you know, ten years ago, people had to go to the record store and buy a CD. Yeah. Um, but whether or not you could put a CD out, you might not be able to because you had to go through a record company. Yeah. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. It's like streaming gets you out there where maybe 10 years ago, you might not even be able to get your record out. But then like there's the other side of it like, where you don't really get a lot of compensation for it. So, <laughs> so yeah. what, are you, what are you thinking about it? The, the positives and the negatives? Um, I think there is good and uh, not good in with the streaming. Um, I think that um, the, 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 the first thing is, for example, the good thing is you can share music around the world. You can uh, send a track to the other side of the world. Um, you can um, um, uh, be on Spotify, for example, without a big music company. This is good. But the bad thing is that when you are not a big company of music, uh, when you are an independent artist like me, this is really difficult to have money with your tracks because your track is on the Spotify, but you never had money. This is the big company who have your money, you know? This is really strange. I don't know how, but... Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta do like 100 million streams to even make... Yeah. They're paying like 0.004 of a penny. Yeah, and you're, you're when somebody listens to you, the money go to the another people. So this is really strange. Well, so, you know, like the record industry from the beginning, if you go back to the 1950s, you're getting like, you know, ours, we're getting like 10 cents. Yeah. For five cents per yeah. on a record, right? And they're yeah. selling a record for like $4. Yeah. So records being sold for, so it's not that different because either people, somebody's getting five it's cents, true. somebody was selling it for $4. Yeah, so but <laughs> when we had this, the CD, when you, you when we, we we had this CD, I'm a little nostalgic because you, as you said, you bought a CD and you really discovered an artist because in generally this is an album, so you buy it for one track, but you will listen all the album and. Yeah, yeah. That, that's now we, we don't do that. Now we have a track that we put in a, a playlist and uh, this is lost in a lot of playlists. And I know even me, I have a lot of, of tracks that I love, but I don't always know who is the artist in, in real. Yeah, I mean, because you're on a playlist, but how often does somebody actually click the link on yeah. the playlist and actually go to the artist? They, yeah, and so then but I don't know that if everybody do that, you know. <laughs> we do that because we are musicians and we love to discover musicians, but I think people in generally, they just say, ah, I like this track, up in a playlist and up, <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, like if you're on Instagram and you get a reel, right? You put out a reel, you get like 5,000, 10,000 people on the reel, like 100 people hit the like. Yeah. And like 5,000 people watched it. But only a hundred of them actually hit the like button because, like, people are so distracted today. Yeah, they don't. They don't. All these really yeah. fast. Yeah, things are going so fast that people don't hit the like. They don't like subscribe to you. They don't hit the buttons that actually kind of relay into artist compensation. It's just interesting to me if you think about it. Like YouTubers can get people to like give them tips. Yeah, or YouTube gamers, they can get like ten dollar, twenty dollar tips from their fans. Yeah, musicians, we can't get people to go to Amazon and actually buy the download. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's just trying to get people to understand. It's like, okay, I understand you like this YouTube gamer, and you're willing to fund them and give them money. I mean, you were able to crowdfund, so you were able to do it. But it's like we have to be able to kind of translate that kind of YouTube model where 
YouTube fans are willing to actually pay the YouTubers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that. Get people to realize music is not free. Yeah. You know, it, 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 and that's been a hard thing ever since Napster. It's been hard to get the public to realize what it was, you know, back yeah. in the day. I mean, I bought Purple Rain on vinyl the day it came out. I went down to a record store and I physically bought the vinyl. And that, you know, my home, as a kid, I, every record I bought was vinyl because that's what yeah. it was. Mm -hmm. Later, I converted everything to CD. But, but, but it's like, you know, back in that time, you had to do that. And it was kind of fun yeah. every Tuesday, go to the record store. Yeah. Get I'm the sure. new releases. And I would be all hyped to be like, oh, the new Guns N' Roses is out. Oh, the new Soft Cell's out. You know, I'd, I'd go running down to go get it. I'd be reading Rolling Stone magazine and looking for everything that had a four-star review. Yeah. And I was, because I'm a music fan, so I would go read Spin and Rolling Stone and any band, doesn't matter the genre, if they got like four or five stars, I would run down and buy it just because I was interested. And there's still people that do that, but not as many. It's just trying to no. get fans yeah. to kind of read the music journals and get interested in work. And that's why I try to do this show. So it gives people a focus for my, longer than five minutes um, to, to get into an artist and say, hey, you know, that was a cool interview. Maybe I'll check out that band, you know? Yeah. That's the best you can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy you came on the show. Uh, we have your link up uh, and this is gonna be permanently on my Facebook. We're gonna put it on YouTube. We're also gonna put it onto Anchor FM, which will put the audio only onto Spotify, onto Apple, onto nine okay. podcast platforms. And we'll give you those links as they start to show up. Mm -hmm. Give you the Apple and the Spotify, and we'll put an Instagram story up that will link directly to the Spotify audio only. But okay. um, this this version will be on my Facebook, which is the Phantom Electric Ghost Facebook page. And uh, we thank you for being on the show. We're really happy you came on. Thank you. Everybody should check out your video. Get it get it pumped up and get more views so you get some deals. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and that's how it works. It's like you get that to a million views, you, you know, then then you, you get going. So let's go. Okay. <laughs> Everybody go out there and look at Swim right now. You know, when, when you, you, you'll you see a piece of it on, well, you actually see the whole thing here, but go and hit the YouTube link too. Um, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you very much to you. I was really happy to talk with you, to thank speak you. with you. <laughs> Oh, it's great. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, sir. Bye. <laughs>